Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Green Through. Here today with us, we have Matthias Galucho, who happens to work as a field engineer for a company that specializes in training techniques in the oil and gas sector. The conversation today um, touched upon the role of continuous training in, um, in the field and also how um, companies operating in the sector will have to modernize and um, sort of keep up with, um, with, uh, with the times in order to attract um, young talent and the next generation employees that will get us to um, net zero. Additionally, the conversation touched upon the role of um, um, of the sector in, in the transition towards net zero and how um, uh, competition and the structure in the oil and gas industry will be redefined through novel uh, partnerships with um, uh, technology startups and other members of the technology um, sector in order to drive R&D and find the next uh, uh, generation of technologies that will facilitate our transition towards net zero. Um, finally, the conversation visited the role that COVID and um, national policies have played and will play in um, how companies in the oil and gas sector will have to modernize their business models. In the end, we will be assessing companies operating in the field, um, not as oil and gas companies anymore, but as a result of their um, extension and acknowledgement of uh, clean technologies, we'll just be looking at them as energy uh, companies as opposed to oil and gas companies. Um, thank you guys and enjoy the podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Green Through. Here with me today, I've got a dear friend of mine, Matthias Galuccio. And uh, cheers for the time, buddy. And um, I think we'll start with a brief introduction regarding your, um, your involvement in the industry, and then we'll just take it from there. Yep, no problem. So uh, I studied uh, mechanical engineering with project management in the UK. Uh, studied with Eric for a year and then moved to a different university uh, to get my degree there. Uh, then shortly after that, I joined an oil service company called Slumberger and uh, worked two years in the field in Saudi Arabia as a field engineer. And then moved to Norway, uh, where I've been working uh, for almost two years now, or a year and a half, uh, also in the field, and now moving into the uh, line management side. Um, so yeah, a bit about my profession. I, uh, I'm working as a, uh, as a field engineer. So basically delivering, uh, the technology and services for a, uh, the drilling and measurement segment. Uh, so basically we're, we're there on the ground, uh, in the front line, basically, uh, preparing all the technology to basically execute the, the job as uh, safely and uh, without any service quality incidents. Uh, so I guess from branching off from that, the, the aim of Slumberday is to provide like the highest level of uh, service to our clients um, in the safest manner possible. And uh, so that's what we're there for. Uh, right. that's, what, uh, that's what my role is in the field. Amazing. Off the back of what you said, I think, especially like now, I wouldn't say with like the political pressure, but seeing that we're heading towards uh, a greener future, or at least I'd like to say so, right? And there's more of an emphasis put on, you know, emissions and stuff, uh, rightfully so. But um, I think we need to also look at the supply chain of every single company, right? So I wanted to ask you, like within, do you think the oil and gas sector as a whole, right? Since um, it's very much capital and resource heavy, 
do you think that like an analysis at a granular, you know what I mean, at a stage level is pivotal to spot any, you know, waste of resources or inefficiencies? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think the oil and gas industry has been uh, very aware of uh, what it does and its waste and how it can become more efficient. Um, Norway is a very good example of that. I think in Norway, the oil and gas uh, industry is leading run very well. And uh, I mean, there's always room for improvement, but they have very high standards and they look to um, run everything in a kind of environmentally um, conscious as possible way. Right. Um, having said that, I think the oil industry uh, has been, you know, challenged and has been portrayed in the maybe a, a, a negative light uh, throughout right. the years. So I think the oil industry is very aware of this, uh, this change and has been working on it for quite some time now because they've been getting some uh, pressure from the media and from right. the government. So. Fair enough. And off the back of like, because we're dealing here with the, you know what I mean? The, there's a lot of money at stake in terms of resources and facilities. And uh, does that mean that continuous training is required of the, of the workforce of the, for members of the oil and gas industry or not? Yeah, I mean, it's always uh, the oil and gas industry is a, it's not an industry that is, uh, let's say that it's been developing for many years now. So it's kind of, we know what we're doing and uh, we train our people uh, to perform all aspects of the oil and gas industry very well. I think it's uh, Slimmer in particular trains their people very well. Um, so I spent a lot of my time in my career uh, going to schools and learning about uh, our, our technology. So for sure, I think it's pivotal for us to train our people correctly. Uh, and, do you, with and do you think on our way towards, and this is just at a societal, not societal, maybe like industrial level, right? That we're heading towards um, renewables gaining more and more light, regardless of, you know, where the pressure comes from in terms of like whether it's existing players from the oil and gas industry or new upcoming realities. Don't you think that like new constant training will be required, right, for those people involved in the greener realities to keep up with the technological change? Yeah, no, yeah, for sure. I think uh, I think the oil industry is going to be a key player in the uh, transformation or transition period uh, that we're going to be going through. Uh, I think uh without oil and gas uh investing in clean energy uh there will be a huge uh, slowdown in this transition that we are going to make so or we are making so for sure i think that all companies in oil and gas will uh, further update their technologies and their training to kind of line up with what's to come uh, in the next few years and also at the end of the day, I think is coming from a financial background, that's what they're trying to do as well. Like financial institutions, I don't know, there's new charter agencies coming out with like, you know, ESG certificates and stuff like that. Cause they're, I think there's a recognition both bottom up and top down and of the importance. But I wanted to ask you, do you, what, what do you think that the, the energy sector as a whole can do to attract um, the junior, the new generation of uh, talent for um, yeah. this transformation to take place? Yeah, that's a good question because I think that, uh, uh, as I said, the media has been portraying the maybe the oil and gas industry as uh, 
and their negative, the negative life, which I think I, I don't agree with, to be honest. I think the right. gas industry is a key player in what, uh, what basically makes up of our energy nowadays. So I think what oil and gas uh, companies should be doing is kind of uh, reaching out to young people and using marketing and uh, kind of, I, I, I try to compare it to a Google or a Facebook. Okay. And, if, if oil and gas can kind of start becoming more, um, I guess, start taking things that these companies, uh, tech companies have been using to, uh, to uh, get younger people on board and, and to join the, the energy kind of transition, I think uh, they will be getting a lot of young, good talents in the door, which they are getting. And I think this new transition is exciting. Uh, so I think, in the future, oil and gas will will be able to kind of get that second uh, push, you know, because of, of this transition. I think young people are, are becoming aware of, of what uh, energy means to us and how how we can play a big role in it. So right. I think going through the oil and gas uh, could be a, a very good uh, doorway into this uh, new uh, transition. And at the same time, I think that um, oil companies will start to become energy companies, right? Exactly. So, okay, okay. so they will become Branch much out. more attractive that way as well, right? Exactly. Because I just think that within our generation or even the next generation, I think the, the like aside from the negative connotation, I think that's driven out of, I wouldn't say lack of knowledge, but I think lack of context as to, you know what I mean? Because they do facilitate everything that we do and, you know, how we go about our life. So I just think that seeing where we're heading, I just wanted to ask you, what do you think that we can do, you know, to make this transition more um, personal, you know, for the for the younger generation? Like, for example, this the, the point of this platform is to, you know what I mean, to send across a message in a more friendly manner for yeah. the average person. Yeah, I think um, speaking with you guys, my friends, and with people that I come in contact with, I think the we need to kind of realize that the oil industry is not the bad guy here that uh, they are we are here to to basically supply most of the energy that is uh, being supplied now in, in in the world for not only transportation but agriculture cementing uh, you know uh, infrastructures um, uh, every aspect of uh, Plastics, our everything. lives is yeah is being supplied through uh, fossil fuels at the moment. I'm not saying that we're not transitioning into right. uh, electrical and wind and solar, but I mean we need to also think that without oil and gas, uh, without fossil fuels at this stage, we are not able to sustain the type of living that we have been doing in first world countries and, right. and uh, countries. so that's the first part. I think that uh, we need to become aware as young people that. Uh, this transition is not only about renewables, but it's about uh, uh, a, a, a group effort between uh, oil companies and uh, uh, renewable company and innovation coming from small startups right. to kind of push our, our, our agenda towards the right way, which is happening. Uh, you can see now that oil and gas industries uh, are going into uh, investing a lot of R&D into kind of coming up with the next, you know, uh, the next technologies that can push us towards net zero. So I think I think we need to kind of be aware of that, and we need to actually understand what what we are doing here. And what's the end goal? The end goal is to get to net zero, 
um, together by 2050. I think this is yeah. 2.5 so yeah, degree change. So we need to work together and not kind of de dive, uh, you know, like be at each other's throats, defund or yeah, yeah. Put, a, put a bad light on on, an, on a sector or an industry that is kind of like one of our best assets at this moment to push us towards what we okay. our goals, right? So right. for me, that's my only message. I think that we need to get the oil industry involved as much as possible and, and give them some credit for, for any good changes right. that they start to make. Of course. So, yeah. And I think off the back of what you said, right? Because I think we we're having this conversation the other another time, but um, I think the average person, because we're talking about uh, you probably the biggest transformation in human history because we're changed because over the last 50 years everything has been driven off consumption you know trying to get everything on your table or whatever you want at the quickest um, time possible now it's more about a growing population still sustain those standards but try to do it in a more efficient way we, you, we do need the existing infrastructure that the oil and gas has in place, right? Exactly. Yeah, it would be it would be a waste to start from zero again, right? So, so why not use this already extremely well-oiled machine to to get us to the next to the next stage, which is going to be, you know, reducing the use of fossil fuels until we don't need to use them anymore. Right. I mean, that's a very long-term thing, right? But but we need to at least. As you said, build upon something that's already been been at work for a long time, right? So, Perfect. And I think we need to kind of go off a little bit, you know, adding on to that. We need to also think that we are still using coal nowadays. So I know. I mean, the first step is to get rid of, you know, the the, the most uh, polluting, high emission, uh, high uh, polluting fossil fuels, which is coal, right? So we're still transitioning from that. Um, but anyways, I think that it's a very exciting time for young people. I think that for me as a person working uh, in an oil service company, I'm super um, excited for what's to come. And I'm super excited to join, you know, this movement towards uh, net zero. I'm, it's, it's super nice to, to see this kind of uh, hunger push, you know. Yeah, it's, it's really nice. And it's, it's kind of like, even though we were working in the oil industry, uh, like even though you know everything that's going on, you also you know, want to prepare yourself for the future, right? And this is a clear message that, you know, uh, us guys working or even guys that don't work in the industry, this is like, this is where we're going, right? So Perfect. I can see the rest of my career going into something that could potentially be, you know, into this sort of Absolutely. Area. And off the back of what you said earlier, Matthias, um, like you said that there is an existing, uh, I think a, a growing pattern, right, between collaboration of existing oil and gas players and, um, tech startups, right, to develop the ne the next wave of innovation, wherever then maybe, uh, whatever application of uh, which stage of the supply chain. Do you think that um, that sort of relationship will redefine business in the future? Because a lot of the time, I think, especially from coming from an investment management past, investments are always approached with like a short term bias, you know, because the higher ups of the investors are always trying to, you know, catch, sorry, chase the, um, the next uh, bonus check of the next term. But in reality here, I think we need a shift in mentality because the, the, we're talking about long-term investments, which may be so radical that the opportunities are, you know, so much more exponential. I wanted to ask you, you know, do you think that these relationships the, between established oil and gas players and new startups are done with the, a long-term mindset or not? Yeah, 100%. I think that innovation will come from both sides. I think 
if you don't give uh, the oil and gas industry, you know, the chance uh, to, you know, innovate for themselves, then they will obviously try to continue. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, profit is one thing. So uh, you need to give, you know, the oil and gas oil industry a chance to innovate for themselves. And they are doing that. And I think it's a very positive thing. Um, and then you have the, the small players, as you said, the small startups that are going to be huge and kind of trying things outside the box as well. Maybe, um, maybe the only difference here is I think they'll probably be, you know, as you said, raising capital much quicker because I think everyone is moving into this kind of, I think if, if you have a good product and you're looking at uh, entering the renewables industry, I think the money will, will be there for sure. Right. Um, but it is a long-term thing, like you said, it's the long-term uh, project. And yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I don't know how else to answer this question. I think uh, it no, is a long-term thing. Yeah, yeah I, think, uh, I think it doesn't, especially, I wouldn't say at our level, because we're still, I wouldn't say young, but we're only just starting our careers. I think uh, for the for the next generation in terms of the one above us, um, the, the, there has to be a shift into the, also like the behavioral expectations of an investment. You know, it's not just you'll get plus 10% next year. It'll be more like you might be at the forefront of a new sector in 20 years, which will translate where, you know, sorry, where the 10% uh, return will only pale in comparison. So um, yeah. I think that's normal because, you know, the human nature is, uh, we can't really, we struggle to picture something that is abstract, right? Mm, for sure, no. And uh, I think off the back of the pandemic, I think, do you think, how do you think that the, the sector will um, will come out of the uh, of the COVID era, you could say? Do you think uh, there'll, there'll be food for thought for people, you know, that they've come together against the common enemy? Or um, do you think it will be business as usual? No, I think for sure we'll see a different way of, going about uh, business and life. I mean, in like, in terms of the oil industry, I mean, we see like the, the increase of price has obviously created a lot of positive uh, energies in our industry. That's a very key thing for us. Um, and in terms of how we go about business, I mean, it's happening across all industries, you know, kind of this new model of working uh, remotely and, you know, not everyone being, in offices will mean that maybe companies will, um, you know, downsize and become much more agile and maybe be able to focus on different aspects of their business uh, business model, right? To, to kind of adapt for, for this new way of working. But at the same time, I think business will be business and it will continue to, to go as it's been going, but maybe with some some different factors that have uh, been brought on by COVID and, and I think will we'll stick, right? Um, yeah. I wanna also wanted to ask you, do you think that, because it's almost been unparalleled, especially in our lifetimes, right? What's happened in the last 12 months? Because I think uh, uh, on average, the development of a, of a vaccine was on average 10 years or around five, five to 10 years, right? In order to be brought to market, but due to the sh sheer need for, of course, a vaccine on a global scale, um, governments just said, look, uh, to the private market, just go to, you know, all the pharmaceuticals just went in-house to producing um, their own. And then once one did, then everything, it was a bit of a contagion effect. So I wanted to ask you, do you think there can be a lesson to be learned there from governments to, I don't know, maybe trying to 
let private companies handle the, the, the race towards net zero and then to, just to basically create a, a healthy competition as opposed to for them to, um, to lead the charge. Yeah, I think there's two, two sides here. I think, of course, the government can't, uh, you know, put too much pressure because, uh, I mean, it needs to be a model that makes sense. And I mean, models are never perfect, but if we're going to be taxing companies to, uh, based on how much emissions they are, they are making, then I think there should be a flip side where you can, you know, reward companies for, you know, reducing their carbon footprint or for, for capturing uh, CO2 right. from say, like say, say you have a oil company that has a high um, CO2 emission rate, right? But then say that that company, oil company is also uh, using carbon capture as an right. example. And he's also, you know, reducing his footprint, but also, you know, potentially creating some sort of monetary way for another company that doesn't have the option to capture co2 from the air right. to invest in this oil company and kind of like say okay my my investment in this oil company to uh, take co2 from the from the air can will can't kind of give that smaller company it's net zero right because you know some companies cannot get net zero based on their work line right so Chata. i think there's a lot of policies and things that go into it but that's just one example where i think like there should be a balance, right? For everything we take from uh, from from these companies that are having to work and emit CO two, there should be a, a give as well. Um, okay. But uh, yeah, I think it's definitely also needed to be a push from from policy side. Uh, it, it's uh, it's being done, and I think it needs to continue to be done in a smart and well thought out way. Right. <laughs> I don't think we should be rushing to just make uh, yeah. make new policies and new rules where we don't know what's going on or we don't know uh, how they will work. But that's always the case in, in policy. Uh, so, yeah. So you think it's exciting times for, I don't know, either existing members or future members of the industry in the next five to 10 years? Because I think there, there's this constant talk and expectations of, you know, things changing and modifying on a yearly basis, although we, especially because you're in the sector, you realize that that's not necessarily the reality more often than not. Mm, for sure. It's very exciting time. I think it's, it's going to be, you know, it's going to bring a lot of interest into, let's just call it the energy uh, sector. Right. So oil and gas falls under that, that sector. So I, I really, I think it's going to be only good for us. And, uh, and I think, uh, we will be able to align uh, small companies and big companies from from uh, wind and solar and uh, you know electric uh, and in that layers there will be the oil companies which will be also pushing uh, for this transition. So it, it's very exciting times, and I'm very much looking forward to what's to come. Right, and I think on the last note, just to pick out one out of the hat, um, what do you think about, I would say, the, the potential for geothermal energy um, as a renewable and, uh, you know, going forward or currently where we're at, I don't know. Yeah, no, I think geothermal is a big uh, one that, I mean, not one that I can talk about because I'm in the drilling uh, right. area. So, yeah, I think the, the equipment and the tools we have and the technology that we have nowadays is sufficient to run geothermal operations. So that's, for us, it's a, it's a very easy transition to make and it's one that we are already making, right? So 
uh, I know many oil companies are, are, are doing geothermal uh, drilling. So um, I think ones like, I, I, to your point, I think we should be not forgetting about these sorts of, uh, of um, you know, whatever you want to call it, clean uh, forms of, right. uh, Renewal. of alternatives. Yeah, alternatives, exactly. I think we, we're so focused on the next, you know, technology that's going to, that's gonna take us to net zero quickly, but we, we should also be focusing on what are small things that we can do there. I know there's a bunch of small things that we can do in agriculture and right. um, that, we, that, 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 that companies can do now, you know, they don't exactly. need to wait for the next technology. Of course. So to your point, I think it's, it's really important that we take what we have and we try to start adapting it to, uh, to a more uh, net zero uh, carbon um, emitting way. So. Uh, yeah, I think the geothermal is one that that will it will be done. I don't know how how, how much it will be able to uh, contribute, to reduce, but, but yeah, right. but it it will be it will be done for sure. It's not a, it's not a very crazy one for us to do. Right, and I think as a last question, do you think this is more on a business because I know you studied at uni as well. On a general note, do you think that I wouldn't say more for like existing companies, but like future companies, since as you said, now there's a lot of emphasis put on like life cycle analysis you know and so that you know from a to b waste at this stage and this stage and next stage do you think that it will be almost a requirement for the next era of companies to be run as efficiently as possible or not yes for sure i think that there's no room now to as we just mentioned you know we just spoke about the simple things there will be you know no excuse anymore i think uh companies will start to become much more aware of their waste and, you know, run a very tight ship on those areas just because uh, we can't, uh, I, I'm sure governments will start cracking down and, you know, we will be running uh, different sorts of, uh, we'll just become more aware, which I think is a good thing. Uh, right. There's no, there's no excuse to not be aware in, in these times. And I think as, as, as a final point, I think one of the things that I've noticed is that uh, we are becoming more aware as a species, and I think that's a really cool thing. Uh, so do you think that's empowering the consumer as well as not only the provider, right? Yeah, I think it's it's a full cycle thing. I think, uh, of course, you know, money is still a factor here. Of course, of course. We can't live in a <laughs> utopia system, but right. but I think that, uh, that the, the, the kind of change in the awareness is there. So it's okay. really cool to see. Yeah. So, so yeah, exciting yeah. times. Exciting. Perfect. Cheers to have you, Matthias, and uh, all the best with everything.